Richard Walker joins us on the line now to give us the latest on the situation. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Richard. Do you know at this stage what caused the fire over the weekend? Well, it's too early to speculate. It's obviously still the subject of the police investigation. Our protection services team, they are working with the police. What we are busy with now, uh, we've looked at the schedule um, and we've looked at the trains, trips that will be impacted uh, by the loss of the three train sets. We'll be losing on the northern corridor um, five train trips in the morning as well as then six train trips for the afternoon peak. However, what we at the Rolling Stock Depot is currently busy with is looking at those remaining coaches and see if we can at least minimize those cancellations by bringing one set back. The team is working on that. Uh, We'll update commuters during the course of today through our various means of communication, which includes Facebook, Twitter, and also our bulk SMS system. Um, and also I need to indicate that some of the overhead wires was also damaged under which those trains were parked at Cryfontaine. That staging depot is owned by Transnet, and, and Transnet Freight Rail is currently busy with the repair work to the overhead lines. And obviously we're doing everything that we can uh, so that we can get as much uh, capacity back into the Northern Line Corridor. Um, we're looking at holidaymakers returning back to work tomorrow, as well as the schools reopening tomorrow. Um, we obviously, you know, uh, condemn this senseless attacks, which is continuing of uh, train sets, train coaches, as well as rail infrastructure. It really hampers our recovery program, where we try to stabilize uh, the system. But furthermore, we're currently busy with a major modernization program funded by the National Department of Transport. Uh, PRASA, um, you know, is implementing the program, and this really hampers our program to actually try and bring dignified uh, travel to our commuter public in South Africa and obviously in the Western Cape. Mm. And therefore, we call on commuters if they've got information they need to report it, but they also need to now it's incumbent on them to nurture a sense of ownership of, of state assets, our train sets in particular, which is there to provide affordable uh, commuter transport uh, to, you know, in particular the poorer communities. And we can't allow criminals to hold us at ransom and take this service away from the poorer communities. So uh, we uh, lost 11 of those carriages, uh, the three partially damaged, of course, over this weekend. But uh, talking about excesses, um, uh, losses in excess of 70 carriages over two years. So what have you done uh, to try and curb these incidents of vandalism? Um, we've obviously stepped up uh, the security. Um, our modernization program also looked in at technology, you know, to protect our staging depots. That program is being implemented, but obviously we've got a number of depots across, you know, the, the country as well as in the Western Cape. So whilst we are stepping up, obviously, you know, we've not entirely rolled out that program. So a lot of the, the staging depots are still protected by means of the physical security guarding that we have at those stations, and, and, and Cryfontaine is one of those staging depots, uh, which is still, you know, um, protected by the um, physical security that we actually deploy at those at that station.
And looking at that uh, with regard uh, to prosecution, uh, do you have any stats on that? How many people have been arrested, prosecuted for these damages uh, to the infrastructure and uh, other property there? Well, I think what we encouraged about is the the recent you know, amendment to the Criminal Procedures Amendment Act, uh, which basically means you know that criminals or um, alleged offenders who is actually you know, apprehended by police for some of these attacks, destroying uh, in-state infrastructure, like our trains um, in the ESCOM space or maybe telecom space, that they can now be refused bail. If they are found guilty, they can actually get very harsh sentences, uh, you know, as much as 30 years in jail. So we're encouraged by that type of uh, change in legislation. Um, we have, uh, you know, currently there are one of the court cases is currently running. Um, uh, cases that will be going to court for an incident last year where we also lost a number of carriages due to a fire at Cape Town Station. So at least, you know, we've, uh, we see that there is some effort from the police, but obviously we would want a more concerted effort given the fact that we are looking at state assets and, you know, at the rate at which we've lost them, uh, we would implore the police, you know, to basically let, let there be a more focus on actually trying to get to the motive of the senseless acts and, you know, let's try and bring these perpetrators to book um, so that we can stop this uh, assault on state assets. And uh, just a final one from the explanation that you gave earlier. So with all your best efforts, uh, I guess uh, the bottom line is that there will be some disruption to operations tomorrow. No, definitely, and as indicated, we will communicate to our commuters. They can also go on our Go Metro app. Uh, to have an indication of what the impact will be on tomorrow's uh, uh, tomorrow on the northern line, but like I said, the team is working around the clock to see you know what uh, you know what we can salvage out of the remaining coaches, and at least if we can at least return one train set back into service, it will alleviate some of the uh, overcrowding that we will have on that corridor as a result of the loss of the three trains. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, That was Regional Manager of Metro Rail Western Cape, uh, Richard Walker.